What's up, guys? Welcome to the Wedding Pros Podcast. My name is Jared. I'm here with Jason McCutcheon and our special guest, Matt Celeste with Blue Flash Photography. Uh, Today, we're talking about team building. Matt, thank you so much for coming in, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate you uh, coming all the way up from Providence and uh, and meeting with us in our studio and hearing the lovely Milford, Massachusetts. It's a long trip for Rhode Islander. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know, right? 15 <laughs> if you minutes. Go to, like, if you go to Providence, you're like, yeah, I'm in Providence, dude. Let's get some lunch. And you're like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm five minutes across town. The guy's like, uh. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, ju- I just moved to Riverside down in, uh, in the East Providence. And um, I find it that it's like, you don't want to go into the city because you just hit traffic. Right. Even if it is like five minutes of traffic, mm-hmm. you don't want to get anywhere. Are you, where were you guys now? Are you down I'm in Cranston? Cranston, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, appreciate you coming in. Um, you know, when we were thinking about talking about teams and, and kind of building uh, a studio as opposed to being self-operated, you were the first person that came to my mind because you've been doing it for how long at this point? I started about 10 years ago. Okay. I started building out the team probably about six years ago. Cool, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And, and uh, yeah, you guys run your operation out of Providence and kind of all New England area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us well. a little, tell everybody about Blue Flash, what you guys do and kind of maybe your approach in general. Sure. I mean, so as far as what we, provi- what we provide, it's uh, photo, video. We have photo booths and we do some uplighting and that's all with respect to weddings. And then we take a lot of those same services, photo and video. We also do some web development for commercial clients. Um, that's kind of the brunt of what we do. Awesome. Sweet, yeah. man. Yeah, we, um, you know, I think when we started too, we had a, a similar approach where we were like, hey, we have all these skills, you know, what can we, um, how can we actually put them to use? Wedding films was an obvious choice for us. But for us, I know when we uh, were trying to even decide a name, like this was a, a big decision early on was, you know, do we want it to be Jason and Jared videography? Or, you know, <laughs> do we want to come up with a name that makes more sense that we can build off of and build a team on? You know, what what was your thought behind um, when you first started? Did you always know that you wanted to be very team-based? Yeah, fortunately, I had the foresight to say I didn't want it to be Matthew Peter's photography yeah, yeah. studio or anything like that because I thought, you know, if I ever want to add people to this thing, I didn't want to be the focus of the company. I didn't want people to be like, well, why don't I have Matt? If the name's Matt in the company. So totally. I just wanted something neutral. I just wanted something short. I wanted something that was easy to remember. That was based on my criteria for a name. Um, so Blue Flashes was just really blue is my favorite color and Flash had to do with a camera and that was it. It was that simple. Totally. Totally, yeah. I think it was. I think it was pretty much the same way. Yeah, ours was stop his photos, go his videos, love his weddings. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was like, what are the things we do? Photo, video, at weddings. There you go. Easy. <laughs> Stylize Easy. it. Make it one word. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So that that's awesome. And, and what are you guys up to nowadays? How many how many people do you have kind of operating? We've got a team of about ten right now. Awesome. Yeah. And it's a handful of photographers, cinematographers. We have some people that are multi, multi-job, and um, I have a studio manager and myself. Very cool, very cool. And yeah, and you mentioned uh, you know before we started that you've been doing a studio manager for about three yeah years at this point. But that was the first thing that you really wanted to offload, so that you could keep on doing kind of creative. Yeah, I mean, I was the the amount of uh, weddings that I was shooting personally was getting to the point where I was having trouble staying on top of all the client interaction and all that management stuff in the background. So uh, that was huge for me to be able to get out from underneath some of those things and focus on growth and expanding. Because at that same time, we were building out cinema offerings and adding other photographers and all that kind of thing, and it was just something I had to give. So that was a really 
Um, it was th- probably one of the, in retrospect, the hardest thing to be able to give up because when you build a brand and you communicate a certain way with all your clients all the time, um, and to entrust that to somebody else, that was kind of, it was scary basically, but, um, you know, we did small steps and got there and now I'd prefer Brit to do all that stuff instead of me because she's better at it. And that's just, you know, that's, I think one of the, one of the things I've learned the most over the years is that you, you start off with this mindset, or at least I did, that is like, nobody's going to do anything better than I can do it with whatever it is in my business. And now, now I'm with the mindset, like, I just want to find the person that can do it better than me. Cause there's people out there that can do anything better than me. Where are they? I'd rather have them do it and oh, just kind of orchestrate. Completely. I, 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 we just did that, you know, kind of on, on the editing side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're talking about it before, but you know, having a full-time editor to be able to just take it. I would say when Kyle first started with us being our, our lead editor, he was probably, I don't want to offend him. Kyle, don't listen. He's actually, don't let, he, Kyle's not going to listen to this. I would say, yeah, he's <laughs> the one actually editing it. Uh, but I would say he was, when we first started, he was about probably 50 to 75% of the editor that I was, you know, fully knowing like, okay, you know, uh, I can't expect him to be a better at it. He's never edited wedding films. Now Kyle is like two to three times the editor and two to three, probably five times faster <laughs> than I ever was. Um, yeah. I mean, that's he's a, a huge lesson. He's a professional. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Your studio manager is a professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, getting professionals around you is, is really critical when you're building a studio up for sure. Yeah. But that, that's the baby. The studio management part is the baby that I'm still like not willing to quite give up yet. It's 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 probably the scariest part of the roller coaster for me of just like, hey, these are your clients. This is your lifeblood. Like if I'm not talking to them and I'm handing that off to somebody, like my wife is always like, oh, I can help you with that. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I wouldn't wish that upon you because <laughs> that's the thing I'll probably be the most critical of. Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that's awesome though. That's awesome. That And, and you know, we're, we're at a stage now where we're just, probably going to get to that point of getting someone else on board. Um, so, so nowadays, what, what does your day to day look like? What are you working on, you know, on a, on a day to day basis? So right now I'm actually in a program called 10,000 small businesses with, um, it's like a Goldman Sachs, Babson college co- collaborative, oh, cool. um, it's a program I found out about through, just got a random email about it and I applied and got in and, um, it's kind of like a crash course MBA. And I thought, after running a business for 10 years, I should probably go learn how to run a business. <laughs> and um, it was at no cost, really. It was, it's, they pay for it, Goldman Sachs takes care of it and all that. So um, I'm in that right now. And you kind of you pick a part of your business that you want to focus on growing. And for me, it's the commercial side of our business that I'd really like to ramp up and kind of come up to equilibrium with the wedding side. So that's my project right now is going through that course. It started last week and it's a 13-week program. So going through that, bringing that whole commercial thought process through that course and seeing what falls out of it. And my focus is going to be building that up. I don't think we've really even talked in terms of us on this podcast really about our stuff either. So just if you're listening, similar to what Blue Flash does, and we also run commercial side of our business, um, we're probably almost, we're around 50-50 in terms of our revenue, Um, commercial work and um, we have web developers on staff. We have content creators on staff. We do a lot of, obviously, commercial photo, video. Mm-hmm. But really more we do other things, marketing, consulting, and uh, we're AdWords certified, all this crap. Um, and I think 
you don't have to do that if you're listening. We're, we're, not, we're not advocating. <laughs> In order for, to be successful, you need everyone to needs to run a full that, service yeah. marketing. You company. need to be able to yeah build websites but like what, Matt did. <laughs> yeah, but what we are saying is like, look at yourself and your team, and really what you're passionate about or what you're good at, probably more likely, and and try to be creative with it. Think about way how do I maximize my earnings on this, which is why. And I don't like. I'll bring this. This is a great segue into one of my favorite subjects, which is um, work less, get paid more. Why? Well, I just think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I was gonna say that's your, that's what you're passionate about. I'm passionate about that. <laughs> the only the way I've ever been able to make more money is to work more. Now you can work smarter, but I think it's really interesting about like. Um, that what I always hear when I talk to people who are doing really well is like, oh, and then I saw this opportunity and then I saw this. So how have you made decisions about how to grow your business and looking really at when you were like, I, I should grow this or I should grow this or like, how have you made those decisions? Like when you think about growing your business and expanding it or maybe sometimes shrinking it in order to grow it? Well, originally it started as me just doing photography. So the first step of growth was bringing in second shooters um, because people were asking for it. So that was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And um, so that came on board. And then I started seeing photo booths were crazy popular or getting there. And so I built a photo booth and we started doing that. And then um, I started realizing, you know, we're bringing these clients in. We're, we're paying to get them in front of us basically by advertising and all that. And the other service that goes hand-in-hand hand with photo is cinema. So let's get that skill set on board and start to cross sell those services and kind of maximize our ROI on, on our marketing. Um, and so right from there, we just went from photo to photo cinema and photo booth. Uh, we dabbled in event planning because on the same thought process, it was like, well, maybe we can even wrap all this stuff up into event planning. Um, we backed off that for various reasons and, and got rid of that. And then we just added uh, uplighting because again, it was like, we're already getting clients in front of us. It's and we realized that the more stuff we added, the more appropriate stuff that we added, uh, the more people were happy with being able to deal with one vendor for multiple things. I'm sure you guys see Completely. that too. Oh, yeah. It's so much simpler for them. So not only is it good for us because of obvious reasons, but we're, we're value-add for them because we're simplifying their whole wedding planning process. Um, but then to, as far as the commercial stuff, then all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're like, well, we can produce videos, we can take photos, we can do all this stuff. How can we leverage all that in other areas our skill sets and our equipment, it's all the same overlap. So how else can we use these things to uh, service other types of segments and stuff? Why do you think so many creative professionals seem to not want to work as much as possible? I find most creatives love the actual, whether it be taking photos or taking videos, and they hate the business stuff, and they don't like all the other associated things that go along with it. And Unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you are, the reality is it's 80% running a business and 20% maybe doing the actual task. So yeah, um, I find a lot of people are in the camp of loving the task and not the business, whereas yeah. I tend to be reverse. Yeah, and I mean, I would say what I've seen is people, people don't, I think it's normal and rational to want to get an ego boost from doing well. I don't think that's bad. I think it's great. Like, if you do well, when I look at my business, I feel good, right? I'm like, oh, wow, we've done a good job. And, like, we're going to hopefully <clears> continue <throat> to do that. And and I think a lot of people don't realize that there's an art to your business and a creative outflow to that as well. And they only look at 
what did I do on set? Or what did I do at a wedding? Or, you know, how did I edit this? And I'm like, they get a lot of ego from that. They get, they feel a confidence boost from that, but they don't really haven't taken the time. And hope, so hopefully if you're listening to this, like you'll realize like there's an art form to your business. There's an art form to growing your business. And I think that's really what I think Matt has done really well. I hopefully what we've done well, like every year, like you kind of walked it through really quick. Like, Oh, I looked at this, but then I was like, no, this doesn't work. But then I looked at this, like it's creative problem solving. Right. Like you walk through these things, you're constantly creating something. Sometimes you're deconstructing it, but you're always trying to push the thing forward and create a new thing. And, and so let's talk about customers a little bit. Um, I loved how you, when you talked about growing your business, um, it was all about what does a customer want, right? And, and so how important has it, like, what have you learned the most over the years in terms of dealing with customers, especially when you're, I don't like this term because I think people use it as like a demeaning term, volume brand. I think we would both consider our brands, I guess, we'd probably fall in that camp, right? We yeah. want to do a good volume. Um, I think we have quality products, by the way. Well, I think volume brand gets a bad name because a lot of volume brands will, the quality of the product and the service suffers because of the volume. Yep. Yeah. But I think yep. there's definitely a way you can do both, yes. have volume and quality. And yep. that's important Just to, to be us. Clear. And I'm sure that's important right. to you. So let's talk about customers a little bit. And you've talked a lot about being really customer focused in how you make decisions to grow your business. Um, how have you, what have you learned about getting like really customer feedback, whether it be in sales or post or how, like how, how does that fit into your brand and your growth and just what you guys do over there? So you're asking like how we, how we collect data or sure, what we Sure, and at? also even what do you consider? Because I know some customer feedback we get, we're like, I'm not going to build a business around that. <laughs> but other times we're like, yeah. Right. Well, one, one benefit of a volume business is that you're not making decisions off of a small data set. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of customers to get feedback from and you can weed out the outliers and yep. not make crazy decisions off of just like one person who had a bad day or whatever yep. it might have been. Um, so that's one thing. We, we send out surveys to our clients afterwards just to see how their experience was, what their favorite part of the day with us was, what maybe their least favorite was if they had one. Um, so when we aggregate that data, um, then we can start to see if there's any trends or anything like that. So that's been a helpful tool. I mean, obviously there's online reviews, but um, I feel like you get more honesty when people can send you a response yeah. to a straight survey. Online reviews are great because they're, to me an online review is advertising. It's yes. not really feedback. Right. right, right. It's not as constructive as you get if you ask people directly, like, hey, was this something you didn't like? Yeah, what could have been better? Um, a person could love you, but like really love you, think you're awesome, personally like you, and not want to embarrass you publicly. Right. But they actually were frustrated how long it took you to get back on the emails. Right. And they're not going to tell the not that. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, they might tell you personally if you ask them. So yeah. I would say if you're a person running a wedding business um, and you don't ask your customers for feedback, that's a bad thing. You should do that. It's, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. an area that we can get better at. Sure. I would say. I, I would say we... I. I and and as a creative who wants to be, you know, even though we're very business oriented, I still get a lot of, you know, um, you know, positive feedback and 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 almost in your identity as this creative, like, oh man, this was a good experience for them. Our art was great. Like, I want to ask the people like that I know will give us good feedback, you know, to fill out a review as opposed to the people that I'm like. I don't know about this person. Like <laughs> they didn't like that. I took two days to get back to an, them on an email. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I tend to, I tend to lean towards just 
asking people for feedback that I know will give me positive feedback as opposed to negative, which kind of defeats the purpose. But I know it's something that I can get better at. Um, let's talk teams. Sure. So yeah. we're here to talk teams. Yep. Um, this is probably the big one of the biggest things we get asked about, right, Jared? Yeah, yeah. Um, whether it be you know people online or or you, I mean, you just said you got a call from someone from Italy. A guy. I, People go like this because we're on some Facebook group and. And these guys are like, oh, blah, 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 how many weddings? And so, like, people ask, like, hey, everyone, how many weddings did you do on a year? So I'm like, 120. Or, you know. And then they're like, whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they're like, and I'm like, we have four or five guys and they work 30. I mean, we're just, basically, we're a studio manager for these people. Like, and, and like, People don't believe it, though. And then when you explain to them, like, hey, no, it's teams, right? Um, they're like, oh, well, how do you build a team? And so a lot of people don't know how to do this. They have a hard time taking their business outside the context of, like you were saying at the beginning, right, Matt? Like, oh, it's me. Yeah. I was shooting these things. And then, like, so maybe let's talk a little bit about how all of us kind of developed yeah. our teams and how did we move on to, like, deciding I want to be a team-based thing. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about Yep. How do we build teams? Yeah. So, sure. so maybe talk about you know where where do you find people a majority of the time is probably the thing that we we get asked the most. But where do you find a majority of of the people that work on on your crew? So for us, uh, we're pretty heavily inv- heavily involved in church, and so we kind of have a community of friends and people that are in that area of our life, and we pull from there because there's a lot of creatives in that space for whatever reason. Totally. Um, and then. You know, that kind of seeds it at the beginning. And then once you get good people, I find that the best place to get another good person is through that good person you already have because they're probably hanging with people that have similar interests and similar skill sets and stuff like that. So um, that's been a good resource. Uh, We have in the past reached out to nearby photography schools and asked if they had any graduates that were looking for a job that they thought were good candidates. Um, We did get one person that way. Uh, And then a couple other times I've just searched around the Internet and looked for new photographers that looked like they had promise, but maybe they didn't have their business stuff put together or they were just kind of getting started out. And um, some people are open to the opportunity to shoot a bunch under somebody who's been doing it for a little while and that's worked out as well. Yeah. Do you you have, like, I know for us, in our mind, we have kind of an, I wouldn't say an expiration date, but one of the things I think if I was, if you were building a team-based business, Sometimes we get people for six years. That has happened. But oftentimes we get somebody for two seasons. Is that the same for you? Yeah, we have a mix of both. Yeah. I mean, there's some people that will stick around for a long time, but there's others that, I mean, sometimes if you take that new person like I described who was just getting going and you give them a couple of years of experience and they hone their skills and everything and they're interested in running their own business, they're going to develop that business on the side. It's going to grow to the point sometimes where they want to focus on that and they move away. I mean, that's just kind of yeah. the nature of it. Totally. Yeah. And so it's like, I think we've planned that into our business model. So I don't know, Jared. It's just ta- consistent training. Yeah. Talk a little yeah. bit yeah. about how do we really keep the, because it's really about you have two ends of your funnel, right? You got your front end and you got your, some people are coming in and some people are going out. How do we how do we accommodate for really the fact that when you're building teams, you're really having to maintain teams yeah. is maybe a better way to put it. Yeah, so I, I think it does start with where, where you're looking. You know, I think we look in a lot of the same places. We mm-hmm. look at, you know, churches. You know, Jay, you've been a, a teacher at, um, you know, DCA uh, for, for a while, uh, high school. 
teaching media. So, you know, we get people sometimes through there. Um, and then random people. Yeah. And, and so you get, I find that you get really three different types of people that, that come, come in and out. You know, you get the person who is just super green, has never had much experience, you know, doing anything at all, but maybe they're like a good person who's willing to learn and picks things up fast and is just smart in general. Um, you have somebody who's building a br- their own kind of brand and they just want to be like an experienced person that comes in and they're just like, you know, want to sap information out of you and then they're going to go on their merry way. Um, and then you have the third person who's really like somebody who's done it before, it's kind of over, you know, per- certain parts of the business like, oh yeah, I did that for, you know, five, six years and now I just, I just want to shoot. I want to do yeah. the thing that I'm really <laughs> good at. Um, and that person we find is is pretty good as well. Um, but I would say probably most of our people are very green. That's kind of where we start. And so it's always, it's just a consistent bringing up of, of the next, you know, next man up kind of thing. Um, whenever the opportunity arises, you know, knowing where everyone is as far as, um, you know, um, actually looking at their footage or their photos and, you know, give, maybe giving them a little bit of feedback, a little bit of critique. Um, so that when an opportunity does does arise, like, hey, this person can't, you know, be an assistant or a second shooter. Okay, I have someone who's kind of ready to go in that position. It might be more than what they think they're ready for, but I know that they're actually ready to fill kind of yeah. that role. You build them up, you know, the week of, and then they knock it out of the park. You know, yeah, the, yeah. they have, and that's that's kind of what I've seen the process be. Um, in, in most cases, yeah. You know, yeah. I always use the example uh, one of one of our best leads. Um, she hadn't held a camera prior to working for me, but I could tell she was artistic. She had like a good eye. She, she painted and stuff like that. And I was like, I think you'd be a good photographer. Let me give you my, one of my backup cameras. Go, I showed her how to use it. I was like, go practice a little bit, come back. And I went through like a bunch of training sessions with her. Mm-hmm. She's way better than me now. <laughs> she, so it's like <laughs> stuff like that. You never know. You find the right person, you train them right. And they're yep. going to su- uh, super, supersede where you're at, well, which is awesome. Yep. Not, not only that, like <clears throat> we're client focused, so I want to make someone happy. I don't need it to be me that makes them happy. Right. And so it's like, I, I don't really, if, if I'm just as happy if, if Josh Holt or, you know, Caleb goes and does a great job and blows someone's mind than if I am. Yeah. And yep. I think w- when you're building teams, like, that's one of the things that maybe you think you might be insecure about that as you start experiencing those wins, you, you find very satisfying. You're like, oh, I trained this person and yeah. now they're killing it and they're doing a great job. I know for me, yeah. I'm proud of that. Like one, that. One of the biggest compliments that we've gotten, I think in the last year was from Joe Lauren, local photographer. He was like, man, you guys, your team has really stepped it up like in the last like couple of years, you know, like the people that are on site in general are, are just rock stars. Like I love being around Josh. I love being around Caleb. I love Brian. Like they just, you know, I got a text from Joe Lauren and he was like, you know, who is this Brian guy? And he was, he was joking with me cause he's like, you know, he's in all my shots. He was just kind of just BSing <laughs> me the whole time. And he was like, nah, man, these guys are great. Cause I was like, Dude, I'm gonna get on the phone with you right now. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, are things that's okay? our biggest nightmare, by the way. Is that and some it, photographer calls us up and is uh, yeah. upset about. Yeah, it. and Brian's texting me. He's like, dude, this Joe guy, he's such a jerk. And like, they're both texting me, like playing with me, and they're like joking, you know, behind my back while I'm on site at a wedding, like <laughs> trying to figure things out. But then, you know, afterwards, he's just like, dude, you guys are just—they're just rock stars. They're super fun to be around. I have such a good wedding experience as the photographer 
when your video people are around and like that that's a huge compliment yeah. like you know because it, it's not just the product that you put out but it's 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 not just what you do but it's the way you do it um in a lot of cases and and i think that's you can't train that you can't you can't train that in people like you can train people to do camera stuff you can critique them like they can get better in those areas if you find a hard-working person with a good attitude and a good personality i would even say a decent personality <laughs> they don't have to be like cracking jokes the whole time but if they're you know professional and they show up like we can work with those people and um we've seen a lot of success with it so yeah so let's just hypothetically if someone's interested in building their team, right? Um, before we kind of do this exercise, I want to, what do you think the big, biggest benefits of a team-based business, a, we'll say a studio model, um, in terms of, you know, growing your business and all this? What, what's the biggest benefit to you guys about having a studio model as a creative over a artist model? I think the artist model, you hit a ceiling at some point. So if you want to scale past a certain point, you have to add team members. Um, the only other way you can grow as an artist in terms of revenue is just increasing your price. And if you get to the point where you can't increase your price anymore, you've hit your growth ceiling. Yeah, maybe you get lucky and you end up being an influencer or yeah, you know, something. Typically, but, typically but that isn't like if if your business model is become an influencer. It's, Go play the lottery. Not, <laughs> yeah, it just you're better off going to the casino. <laughs> For me, I think it's um it's freedom, like having the freedom to be able to grow the business in in different ways. Like when we first started, you know, in the so wedding you industry, say that that's shooting less and getting paid more. Um, <laughs> I would say it's working more and getting paid more, but maybe that includes shooting less. It's, it is shooting less. Yes, yeah. Yes. I, I mean, it totally is. Um, but but I think. As a creative, like I'm so ADD that's like, like I want to be able to do something different every single day. So, um, you know, waking up and, and doing, you know, editing every single day would, would just get like, I, I wouldn't be able to really do it. So finding a lot of other things that I want to accomplish, not only as a professional, but just like in life too, at the same time, I think having a business allows us to be able to do a little bit more of that. Like right now, like we, we don't, haven't talked about it on the podcast, but we're developing you know, probably two different products right now. We're talking about buying a building, like, you know, doing a lot of these things, even in like real estate, like that's something that I'm kind of interested in. Just bought our first house, like trying to buy another one, like, you know, so it allows you a little bit more freedom and flexibility to do some things outside of just every single day, grinding, doing, you know, editing and, and shooting every single day. So, yeah. I feel like this is more emotional, I guess, but like on an emotional level, like, when I run a studio, it makes me feel like the business works for me on some level yeah, yeah. and not like I have to work at my business. And I know you got to work and you got to go to work, but like I know for like that this thing is a thing that's like stable and strong. And the other cool thing is like from a social standpoint, like it's fun to have teams. It's fun to have coworkers. It's fun to create company culture. It's fun to have a Christmas party. Like these are things that I really cherish, that I really love, that um, a lot of other, and like look at how many artists um, are hungry for these gatherings and these networking events. Like, mm -hmm. like they, yeah, want, we, they want this kinship and this um, A lot of photographers are, are like, how can I get involved in what you're doing? Because they just have to, every single day, they, they don't even have an office to go into. They're just editing from home and they never see anybody <laughs> except at weddings, maybe, you yeah. know. 
Um, uh, I mean, we've had. And it's not a criticism on that at no, all. No, 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 if, no, no. If, if somebody's into that and that's what they love doing, that's great. But like, I know for me, that's a benefit. If you're like sitting there and you're like, oh, I'm f- like lonely. I'm kind of bored. I'm tired of doing this all the time. I feel like if I take my foot off the gas for one second, that we're gonna crash and burn. A studio model uh, to me, and maybe I don't know if this isn't hasn't been your experience, Matt, but our experience has been. We don't have those concerns and worries. Those are things that are part of running our business that are actually really life-giving that we really enjoy. When we can go to work, we're like, oh, I'm going to see Carl today, and it's going to be a great day. And like, uh, if I get, if I broke my leg, and I, I'm still going to be making money, my team's going to be supporting me, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that, that last thing you said is a huge relief, just to know that everything's not hinging on you being healthy and being able to do a, a shoot or whatever it might be, having that almost like a built-in insurance just by virtue of having other people around you that can duplicate what you do is is huge. Yeah. And even when we're past our prime as like wedding professionals, like we talked a little bit about right. it too. And and that's a decision that we made early on when we first started was like, what happens when I'm 50 and the hipsters are not cool anymore and like yeah, like what happens when you're middle aged and you're bald? Like then what? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, what do you do, man? <laughs> I have a team. Yeah. They're way cooler it. than me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the cool the the it shouldn't be hinging on my personality. I'm not the nicest dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I know for me, like even at the beginning, I was like I really love people. I really like to work. I'm actually a nice person, but my personality is X and I, I have the strengths that I have. And I'm like, I need a really nice person who's good <laughs> at making people feel awesome. And I'm just going to get this person involved and then they'll compliment my weaknesses. Yep. And I think like a team, you don't have to go every day, go like, I got to become some perfect optimized version of myself to grow my business. It's like, I can just be myself. I can compliment myself. And so um, I think we did do it by accident too. We kind of did it by by you and I partnering at the very beginning. It just worked. We just started with it and we were like, oh, this is great. Having other people around, like I don't think we really did it on purpose when we first no, started. No, it was but just for it us. It was like, oh, we can add this person to the team. Now we can add this person. Okay, you know. We never it never belonged to anyone. So yeah. So it never we never had those issues where it was like a big ego thing. Mm. You know, it was always a brand. Yeah. It was never, and I know for us, we didn't realize the benefits, but as we've grown, we were like, oh, this is, I can't, I can't imagine living any other way. Mm. You know? I think the, there's a couple other things. Team bases, you're not making decisions in a vacuum. Yep. And so yep. when you are making a decision in a vacuum, you can very easily make a bad one and there's nobody there to say, that's not cool. That's not By the way, a Facebook group is not a team. No. Like it's, it's not, not the same. No. And the other thing I found is uh, there's a lot of learning from one another. I know for myself, like I came in with photo first and I can shoot video now and I can do decent at it. But my video skills have gone way up just because I brought in a cinematographer who was awesome and just learned from him and developed my own skills. So I never would have done that if we didn't have a team where we offered different services like that. So completely. It's huge. Like possibilities are in people, right? The people around you are what is going to determine your success or failure in life. That's not unique to anything it's like everything and so it's like why wouldn't that work in the creative field yeah it it works so so i i I do like the the last thing and and we can end on that part uh or this part is uh we're much faster like i don't know how how it's worked for you like we are able to operate seven days a week now like people shooting friday saturday sunday 
you know, we have Kyle come in Monday through Friday and he's editing. So, you know, we're a seven day a week operation. Our um, average turnaround went up like probably 40% when Kyle came on board just because we had someone else coming in and, and, and doing the things so that I was, and I don't know how, how you work in general. I need to be focused on one thing for like a solid six hours and I can knock things out. If I have to answer inquiries, I, my phone rings off the hook nowadays, I would not be able to get the editing done or, or you know, even the shooting at this point where we have guys go out and, and do a lot of the shooting um, during well, the week. Think about this. We have a guy who comes in and does all our packs for everyone. So they come in, they break everyone's gear up. Like, I don't even think about that anymore. Like, I also have someone who comes in on Monday, cleans all the gear, tightens all the screws, puts everything away, labels it if it's broken, and ships it out. Like, that's eight hours I just cut out of my week right there of things that I could definitely screw up. Like, if I was going to screw one thing up, it would mm-hmm. be not getting something fixed. I would be like, oh, it's broken. I'd yeah, be f- shooting the stuff. wedding. I'd be like, oh, this thing's broken. i got to send this out on Monday. Don't do it. And I look at that, and I'm like, what a huge benefit. Like, I can just do a stupid podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so a lot of people are probably interested in growing teams. They want to have teams. And, and I do believe, like, it's a natural next step for many businesses. Um, so let's take a guy. I think most people are in this position. They've been doing it a long time. They've been shooting. They have a little business, you know. Um, and I would say, like, you know, 30, 40 weddings, I would start looking at teams, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And they have a little business, and then they're like, I want to go next level. I don't think I necessarily can charge more or want to charge more, but I want to build teams. How would we recommend this person? Let's say John Smith Photography. He's shooting. What would we tell John? So I tell John, take your second shooter if you have one. If you don't have one, get a second shooter. If you do, start getting that second shooter prepped to be a lead. And then when you feel confident that they're ready to get out there and be a lead for you, then you put them out there. Maybe you go second shoot for them for the first wedding or two and see, make sure everything's going well. You're there as insurance if if things go south. Um, And then just kind of take baby step transitions to, okay, now you can send your second out with a different second that you know is is good and and that kind of thing. And then once that's all set, you just kind of start adding from there. And if eventually you get to the point you want to add another service, that's a whole different animal. But um, at least you have your photography stuff set down and you got other people out there shooting for you. I would say make sure you have the right person to like, I know some photographers who have a second shooter that works with them exclusively that does not want to do any lead shooting. They like second shooting. They yep. like that role. So, you know, if you have somebody who's been a second shooter for a while, you know, if you want to scale, you you have to bring along a person that's willing to go out on their own. So either having a hard conversation, being like, hey, I need to have you, you know, become this second shooter because that's the direction that I want to go as a business or, you know, I have to your role with someone else that that is willing to you know go to that next level because it shouldn't be that I don't think it should be that hard to find a person that wants to um, especially if you're good mentor under you and eventually go out on their own as well Um, where I do think there's a little bit of a challenge and I I think it's probably one of the reasons why a lot of photographers um, uh, don't go this route too um, and maybe they've been burnt out on it is they have someone, they pour all their information into them. And then as soon as they're like, hey, I'm really good, I'm going to start my own you know, uh, company. Um, I think that's something that, that to, be, to be aware of and watch out for. Well, it, it's really about like, 
how quickly can you get a person in the role and like not to treat people like like cannon fodder but like mm-hmm. how quickly can you make money off someone because yeah. if you're like for us we you know we found that two years works fine for an assistant to get them into the lead shooting role and like we typically retain most people for three seasons or four seasons that's our that's us we've been doing it for 10 years that's what we've seen um that might not be other people's business or area but but like the as soon as you can get them into a role where you can let them lead shoot and you can like finding ways to build trust with that person or you to them to build trust with you is important. Like put them in positions where they need to perform sooner than later instead of waiting forever and like, oh, they're not ready, they're not ready, they're not ready, they're not ready, they're not ready. And then by the time yeah. they think they're ready and they're ready to go and they're like, I'm out of here. This guy's not going to give me any more opportunities. And you're like, and 80 more weddings. I'm going to let you have your own. <laughs> well, at some point, there's always going to be a risk. And at some point, you have to make the leap and say, all right, I have confidence yes. you're going to do it. And yep. I got to put you out there. And there's a chance that they're going to fail. It's yep. just the way it is. But you have to. You have to take that jump. Yep, yep. And but, it's like, for us, we create, by the way, and I wouldn't recommend this, create a position that doesn't matter if they fail. <laughs> yep. Kind of, at yeah. the front end of your, like, it matters a little. Yeah. But, like, we have assistants. We, every wedding, we bring an assistant. This person carries our bags, but guess what? We're going to start saying stuff like, hey, can you set up this camera? Hey, you know, I'm not, while you're not doing anything, can you go shoot some B-roll? Oh, hey, your B-roll was really good last wedding. Great job. Oh, can you set my, and like, we're intentionally building skills in this person over the whole season. Mm-hmm. And by the end of this, the, the season, they've known how to set up all the gear. They've shot a little B-roll. They've manned cameras in a fixed position. And they've started learning all the fundamentals. If they screwed it up, we always, it's our lead shooter. They're responsible. Like, you're never supposed to go to the assistant and be like, so everybody's cameras, and I'm going to go over here. Right. (laughs) But, like, there's, like, a safety net if they do fail. And I think, like, creating that in your business model, like, I think accommodating for it financially, too. We're always going to give, we're always going to pay a second shooter that's in our in our pricing, we know it. It's in our when we're tracking our margins and our profitability. We know every wedding's gonna cost X amount. And I would say, like, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, how do we move from thinking of our weddings as like I know a lot of people who I'm like, what's your margins? And they're like, What's a margin? <laughs> because they just pay themselves. Mm-hmm. It's it's essentially hand to mouth. They 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 get paid, it goes in their bank account. That's it. Running teams, one of the biggest challenges you're going to face is that your weddings now have a cost. They did before. You just weren't accommodating for it. Mm -hmm. But your weddings now cost you something. And so let's talk a little bit about – we don't have to get into how much we pay people or whatever, but a team-based approach and how we need to factor that in it and what the effects it has on your business and the cost. I I think um, the biggest challenge is is – with shooting weddings, especially where we are, is it, it is so seasonal. I think that's been our, our the, the hardest thing for us to try to figure out is just, you know, okay, we're, we're hibernating. You know, we're, we're essentially collecting all these deposits and we have to plan for paying people over the entire summer after they've worked. So I don't know. That's, just, that's a bit of a challenge for us. Oh, having to really, like I'm collecting half the money a year before, but I got to pay this person and I'm going to have this huge cash flow month. But I'm also going to have to have this huge draw month because right. it's all my weddings. And so, like, the accounting side of it is really challenging because you're basically accounting for They're not employees. 
there's a whole pile of contractors that you're having to account for. And, um, yeah, it's when we started, we had no concept of this. We didn't know how to do it. And luckily we survived, but like, if you don't understand the cash flow part of it, it'll kill you. Yep. Yep. No, that's not, that might not be super interesting to somebody out there, but, <laughs> but I, I think it's super it, important. It's interesting when your bank account hits zero and you need to pay someone. Then it then it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> we we just uh, we just uh, well, that's switched. the biggest complaint too, right? You see those Facebook boards. Oh, I shot this wedding for this guy and he didn't pay me. I see it all the time. Yeah, like I don't, I don't see that lie. I see it all the yeah. time. Ugh. Like second Ice. shooters go work for people and then the guy doesn't pay them. Oh, yeah. the workers are getting burned. The workers yeah, are getting yeah. burned because the guy doesn't know how to manage his cash flow, and they will rip you publicly. They will post your business name and tell everyone you're a jerk, and it, it'll ruin your reputation in the industry. And like, so don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Be ready. And and yeah, so so I think. Part of being a good business owner, as opposed to just being a good, you know, shooter, is you know hiring people who are better than you um, in certain areas, and and that's what we just did this last year is we moved on to, you know, an accountant that could really help us with some of these challenges. Um, we do, we still do a majority of it, and I think we just had you know you you learn as you go, you pick some things up, you read a couple of good books, and you're like, oh, okay, I can do this, but also. I'm also going to get this person who is a safety net who can be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. Where am I right? Where am I wrong? Where are the things that I'm not even accounting for, like taxes? Like that. Oh that's, a, that's a huge deal. I don't know about you. Like the amount of time that I've spent in spreadsheets this year vastly <laughs> outpaced the amount of time I've been editing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and if you really hate doing this stuff, I mean, you can hire people to do it. But I do think you need to know it needs to get done when you're doing a team-based thing. But I don't know about you. How do like how does that how is that kind of was that something you knew right away when you started out, or did you learn as you grew like like us? There was a lot of growth as we went along, but um, I mean, as far as like all the payment stuff, um, I kind of live in a more of a numbers logical world because I have an engineer brain. I used to do that, and so that that didn't bother me too much. Just a little bit of foresight, planning, and all that, but. Um, definitely learned some hard lessons with, you know, dealing with client payments and making sure you're staying on top of it. Cause I've learned the hard way that if you let a client get behind and you accidentally deliver the photos before you get your payment, yes. uh, now you're really, now you're really disadvantaged because you're chasing. And the thing is, is when you, when you have a team and you're paying people to do these jobs, it's a lot different than if you went and shot it yourself and someone didn't pay you. Cause now, not only did the client not pay you, but you still got to pay your workers. You can't tell a worker like, oh, well, I, I didn't yeah. get the payment for that wedding yet, so I'm going to have to hold off my payment for you. So there's a different dynamic there where you've got to make sure the cash is flowing both ways at the appropriate times. Yeah. Totally. And we've, we've actually started to move towards a model of like trying to get ahead. You know, we were, we were, you know, we've invested in some other areas. Maybe we invest in gear. So we're kind of spending that deposit on you know, the, the previous, the previous year, uh, essentially. Right. And, and we've kind of fallen into that trap where now we're trying to get ahead of it and be like, okay, as soon as someone pays a deposit a year and a half in advance, that's being earmarked and put in a different account so that, you know, we are just for really the contractor saving pay for the contractor pay. Right. And it's like um, that kind of, even like just volume and studio stuff in general, you book more weddings, you have more potential cancellations, mm -hmm. you have yep. all these things. And like, I know for us, we usually give people their money back. We're not, we don't want to be stingy about it. That's just our personal values. Mm -hmm. If we can help you, we're going to help you. Yeah. Um, Despite what's in the contract, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> can I just, 
comment on we, we, Yeah, but this is a discussion. Your contract is not communication. Your contract is just to keep you from getting sued. Putting something in your contract is not good customer service if you haven't communicated it to the customer. It's just so annoying to me when I'm like, I see people like, oh, should I give this person their deposit back? It's like, well, what does your contract say? That's not how you should make that decision. Yeah. You should. I, like, I at least want options. I, I at least want to be able to be like, well, I feel for this person. This poor girl just had her fiance break up with her. I well, want to give her money back. But then someone could also just be a huge jerk and you can be like, nah, dude. Yeah, like, the contract is protects <laughs> I want you. There's a difference between someone calling a wedding off because someone broke up yes. or someone going to book someone else. Yes. yes. So yes. there's a Completely. very big difference. Yes. So yeah, you got to use good judgment. And Your you contract gotta... is there to protect you. <laughs> yes. It's not there to replace talking to people. Right. And it's like, and I always tell people, I'm like, well, if this is a big problem for you, like revisions, revisions are in our contract, right? It technically says we don't have to do them. Mm-hmm. Do we do revisions when people ask us? Usually. Oh, because it's like I'm about because at the end of the day, I'm not going to put in my contract. I agree to give you great customer service. I'm just going to do that. That's my values. My contract. Most of the time I just I'm at the point now where I'm just like, what can I do if this person wants these things? What can I do to make them go away as as soon as possible? Or like Like, tell someone like I had a great experience too. It's like they're going to go to someone be like, oh, they're really nice to me. They don't care what your contract says at that point. Yeah. Well, the problem with something like revisions too is it's the last, probably the last interaction they're going to have with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if they were great up until that point, and they're like, well, revisions, oh, 300 yeah. bucks. Now they're annoyed. You do the revision, they do go away, but they're they annoyed. They yeah. don't like you. You just blew that whole exactly. goodwill. On no referrals are a few coming bucks from that on a revision. Right. They're, they're going to say like this they were pretty good, but they really ripped me off at the end. Yeah. And it's like, that's stupid to me. That's not worth it. And. Th- the contract's there to protect me from them abusing me. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I have more revisions? Can I have more revisions? Like at that point, you can say like, "Hey, you know, I really just can't do this for you." Mm-hmm. But but like you do see that more. The more your studio grows, the more you have interactions like that. I would say where you have to really, really just think about the customer more than you think about your time. I think like probably like someone like if you're a celebrity photographer you can maybe be a little more like, I don't need you. But when you're studio, you need to build volume and you need to create volume. And so customer service is, I think, of the utmost importance. And I would tell someone, like, if they were starting out, you have to up your customer service. Not to say that, like, John Smith, the artist, doesn't need to have good customer service. But, like, if you're a flaky artist and you don't email people back, people are like, oh, he's a great guy. Kind of a flake, right? Like, if you're running a studio, they don't, I don't think people have that kind of like, I mean, I don't, maybe not even for artists, but I know for a studio, you got to up your customer experience. Like that has to be the number one thing in your mind. That's what I would tell a guy. It's like, definitely you have to get back to emails quick, make it real easy to buy your product. Every interaction they have with any one of your team members has to be on brand, all that stuff. And it's like, as opposed to you, you don't have to be that intentional. Maybe when before you have to double because you're not it's not going to be you every time right right it's going to be one of your team members yeah. so there are certain advantages of being the small guy that that you definitely have to take advantage of like yep you're only getting 10 emails a day as opposed to 120 you better be reading those emails like you know three times a day making sure as soon as someone you know 
send something that you're getting back to them right away. You you have an advantage in being smaller. When you get big, it's much easier to oversee certain things, and and that's where you know having good teammates to support you kind of comes in play. But as you grow, there are certain things that just get kind of out of hand, and you know it's harder to focus on. So I would say if you're first start, if you're if you're starting out in this kind of team mode, and you're smaller, like those are the things you can really capitalize um, on. I think um, one other advice for John Smith is you want to get your systems in place as yeah, early as possible. That's what I was about to say. Yes. Because if you don't have any systems in place and you try to put them in place after things go wild, it's, it's a little harder. So like one, one suggestion I would give is if you're going to bring other people on to do different tasks, different jobs and stuff like that, you want to define those roles very explicitly. So we've got a, a handbook where it lists out what the lead photographer is responsible for in the day, a second photographer, the lead cinema guy, the uh, second cinema, whatever it might be, what they're responsible for before, during, and after that job, what the deliverables are to the company, all that kind of thing. When it's supposed to be there by... Exactly. Time, you know, all that stuff, how to back it up. Um, because, you know, I, I learned the hard way, just like everyone else pretty much does is, you know, something might go wrong at some point and you realize that you never specified to do something a particular way. You just kind of assumed it because you did it yourself prior and you knew what you were doing and you knew how to do it. But, you know, you have to, it's hard to get in the mindset of like, this person's coming in clean. They don't know anything that's in my own head. It's all going to be on paper. Well, and, it, and, and it's always your fault. That's my belief. It's always my fault. Right, because you didn't provide enough information. I think for it's, it's always yeah. my fault. Like, I can be frustrated with someone. I can fire someone. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to take some responsibility for anything that goes wrong. Um, right, so is this really sucks, but I didn't give you enough information, so yeah. it's, it's my fault. Extreme ownership, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, even like, I've had times where I'm like, why did we hire that person? That's me. Like as much as I'm frustrated at this person, I did this. Like everything about this business is me. I did it all. And so I would say like in terms of systems, I'm a big systems guy. I do that for corporations, installing project management, uh, marketing systems, ROI kind of stuff. And so I'm a nerd, right? And um, I love that stuff. I geek out on systems and automation and anything like that. And I would encourage you to investigate. There's a lot of good tools. Um, that you can use out there. And um, so create the systems that will let you grow and don't get like exactly what Matt said. Don't add in your systems after you grow. I mean, that's going to happen. You're going to learn as you grow, but do your best. Like, so I would say get a CRM, you know, get a, get something, figure out how you're going to do your emails, you know, get an actual CPA. Yeah. Get a real CPA actually get someone who they're not that expensive you can get a cpa to help you for like two grand a year like you know or less or more depending on how much you do but regardless get a cpa like get your systems in there and then um exactly what one of the things we've learned over the years with like this in terms of the day of systems of like this is what expected is like um man this has really helped us so much like i was we, we literally have we let people do make their choices. We can shoot whatever you want, but you're going to shoot these 12 things. Every wedding, here's your shot list. We take them on a retreat. We play them on a screen and we say, here's the shots we want. We don't want this shot anymore. We don't like this shot. And, every, and like down to like, this is exactly the product we're making. Can you do this for us? You know, and like we have a scorecard that our editor goes through and he rates every single yeah, person's checklist. performance at the end of every wedding and they go like, we don't use it a lot. We're not like posting the scores and stuff, but 
if we see a big red flag where someone's consistently not doing a certain camera move that we want to see every wedding, like, a, you know, roll and tilt or whatever it is. Capturing a person's rings or whatever. Right. Wh- whatever yeah. the shot is that we decide we want to see for the season, because we change it every season. But mm. um, we're going to go to the person and say, hey, why aren't you shooting this? And then they'll be like, sometimes they have a good reason. Sometimes they have a bad reason. Sometimes they just have miscommunication. But like, that's how detailed you need to be when you're building teams. Like people think like, oh, it's just like, he's a good shooter. It's like, do you want your wedding to look different? I don't want all my shoot. Like this is us. I don't know about you guys. I don't want all my shooters to look like a different shooter. Right. I want my, all my videos to look like the same person shot it. I want you to look at my social media feed and have no idea the difference between Jared shooting a wedding and Caleb shooting a wedding. And so the only way to get that is to give them explicit instructions on what to do and how to do it. And you don't realize how detailed you need to be, but you need to be pretty detailed. Yeah, that's something that I, I realized when we did eventually start getting guys on board on our team was my job role had changed at that point from, okay, I'm a creative to I'm a, you know, leader of creatives that I need to um, critique on a regular basis to be able to help them out. Um, Like that became a big part of my job of just like inspecting what you expect. Right. Oh yeah. Um, At at the end of the day. And, and um, so that, that's a new role. If you want to, if you want to become, you know, uh, an owner of a company as opposed to a self self operating operation, um, you know, that that's going to become a big part of your life is just investing in other people. So I wanted to ask you, Matt, you know, what, what do you do? And this is kind of backtracking a little bit. What do you do to prevent yourself from, you know, having people after, you know, they've sucked all your resources, you know, you've, you've invested a ton of time into them. What are some things that maybe you do to prevent them from just like turning around right away and being like, okay, I'm starting my own business now that you're ready to use me. I'm going to start my own business. That's probably what I, I would assume a lot of uh, people out there. Are I know people are about. afraid of that. Yeah. yeah. Do you do certain things? Well, first off, I want to say I don't think you can ever do anything to completely prevent that from happening yep. in all scenarios. Um, I think you can do things to reduce the likelihood of it happening. Yep. I think you can, you have to be really cognizant of the person's personality when you're thinking about bringing them on board because there, I, I find there's mainly two kinds of people out there in this space, which is, People that love to shoot or want to shoot and make money doing that, and they don't want to touch the business. They don't want to deal with it. They hate it. They don't want to go there. And then there's the people that are aspiring to run their own business and and get out there and do it. Um, I don't think either one is bad or good. I think they um, they serve different purposes, and it's okay to have some of both. Uh, we have a mix of them ourselves and have had over the years. And the ones that you know are aspiring to go do that, they're going to go after a little while. But that doesn't mean that it can't be a mutually beneficial relationship while they're there. Um, And then the ones that don't want to touch business stuff, um, I find those relationships are great because they're happy, you're happy, like everyone kind of wins in that situation. Um, So to answer your question, I don't have any magical anything to (laughs) to weed out who is who, but um, I think for me it's just having the attitude, like knowing that that's going to happen from time to time. Mm -hmm. It's just the nature of the industry and um, plan accordingly. I, yep. You know, I I tell everyone, let me know, like, 
with enough advance notice yes. that whatever's on the horizon. And it's totally cool. If you, if you say to me, you know, next year I really need to scale back. I can only take 10 weddings for you because I'm growing my own thing. It's like, that's cool. Just let me know and I'll limit you to 10 weddings and yep. I know what's going on. And I know I have to maybe start finding another resource to fill in the gaps. So as long as communication is there, I, f- I haven't found huge problems. Yeah, I think I, that that's really what you, you kind of hit on it, right? It's like, having an open line of communication with people, making it safe for them to tell you what they really want to do yeah, and not making them like the worst thing you can do is, is let it be known in your company culture that I blackball blacklist people who want to leave. Yes. Like if you do that, you will, it'll get out word will get out, but also people will just, instead of telling you a year in advance where you can plan for it, they will just tell you a month in advance. I don't want to shoot for you anymore. Right. I'm not doing this. And then you're like, crap. You know? Oftentimes I've been involved in one way or another with helping them get their own business off the ground. So yeah. I would prefer to yeah, work same. it that way. And if they want advice, they give them advice. If they need help, whatever. Um, it's good for them because they're getting some advice from someone who's been around a little longer. And it's good for me because I know what the future holds more so than if they came <laughs> to me a month before and like, I'm out of here in a month because I'm doing this. I'd rather help someone anyway. I mean, yeah. it. It's not a big deal. In the end, in the yeah. grand scheme of things, there's other people out there that can fill their gap. They're going to go off do their thing. It's cool for them. I'd want to see them succeed. So I think having the right attitude is huge. Yeah, yeah. and I, it's really about like planning. I think for people to leave. Yeah. So it's like I don't. At Stop Go Love, and I'm sure at Blue Flash, we don't wait for people to leave to add new people. We're adding new people every season. Like one of the big conversations I'll have with Jared, I'm like, who are the new guys this year? I need new people every year, no matter what. Even if I don't even have space for them yet, I'm gonna bring them to my my camp and train them. Yeah, because I mean, we we had that happen. We had that happen essentially this year, maybe four months before. Now, one of our lead shooters has been with us for for a while. He was like, "Hey, I got this really good opportunity for an internship in Denver," and I was like, "Ah, oh, dude, I want you to take that. Like, I care about this person. He's been with us for six years." Mm. So I'm like, "Okay," I look at the calendar and I'm like, "We're good." Like, we're good. I can just fill people in to fill the role that you've provided for the last six years because we do have that, you know, solid upbringing of people coming around. And, and it actually didn't hurt us at all. No. <laughs> Surprisingly. No, I mean, we but if we only, had, if we that, only had the people that we had, we're yeah. like, we filled our spots, the yep. end. Yep. We yeah. have more than we need. Yes. Some people barely work, but we have more than we need. Um, yep. So I wanted to, cl- do you have anything you want to, because I wanted to close with something because. Nope. This is really an issue of like um, when you're looking at your teams and you're thinking about creating a team, a lot of people, I think, are always looking at like, um, oh, these people are going to make me money, right? And, And that's true. They will make you money. But let's talk a little bit about company culture and really like, cause, cause I know for us, like one, as much as I want the product to be consistent from, uh, shoot like I want the deliverable to be consistent mm-hmm. um, to me my product is the deliverable and the product and the client experience and and client experience I think comes from company culture like I feel like oh this is how we act this is how we treat people this is what we don't do and, and, and this is how we act like and I know for us like one of the best one of the things I'm most proud of is like kind of Jared alluded to it before but like the fact that I know my shooters are gonna go out and treat people the way I would treat them, right? And so if you're wanting to build teams, realize this is 
equally as important as how good they perform as artists. They have to perform. They have to be on brand in terms of your company culture. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think to me, that's my personal values, by the way. But um, what have you guys done to install blue flash kind of values in people so that when they go on and they have a customer, whether it be a phone call with someone, do you let, do they have like, do they handle any of the consultations, your shooters? Uh, right. Our studio manager does all that. Does, so at what point do you get your shooters involved with the client? When they go to the shoot. Okay. Yeah. Um, for us, we have our lead shooters manage one phone call. Okay. But regardless, just whatever it is, it works. But so even then, like it's even more important that they show up and represent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how is, have you found that, been like the best way to install that culture i think that comes through training and being on the job with people that have already been doing it for a while with whoever it is on my team Do you make sure they work with you for a period or someone yeah i'll always work with whoever it is at least a little bit and then maybe put them under someone else that's more established and like if, if it's cinema i'll be at i'll make sure they're doing a wedding where i'm shooting the photo photography um, but then at some point they're just going to go with the cinema guys and and do their thing. Um, but I feel like the easiest or the most important thing is you to be who you want to be and you want everybody to be all the time. And then you can even just I've I've written in that handbook like how we're supposed to be treating people. Um, it's not enough to just have that written. You do need to also act it out and then um, have them all see it. And once you establish it. The new people coming in, they kind of absorb it. But I'm also really careful to see, like, before I bring someone on, that's one of my hugest criteria is, are they going to fall into this whole way of treating people? Um, You can tell right away if someone's just, like, a total jerk. Like, they're not going to just come into the company and say, oh, this is, oh, we're supposed to be nice to people? Okay, yeah, I'm going to do that right now. Um, So (laughs) it's got to kind of pretty much be there. And then you just emphasize the things that you want to, that are most important to you. I remember there was... I can remember people over the years and like, we don't go to this person and sit and say this to them because honestly, I just don't think they would respond to it. But I'll say to Jared, I'm like, this guy, he doesn't get it. I'm like, I don't want to work with this guy anymore. Like he did this, he stood in front of this and did this thing. And I thought it was inappropriate and like more so than he's a bad shooter. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let's train them how to become a better shooter. If that's the case. If they're a person who just isn't going to embody our values day of, like we don't really, we kind of have a pretty low tolerance for that as a company. And I think if you're trying to get a team going, um, Matt said it, man, identify who you are, be that, live it out in front of people, lead by example, um, but also lead by attention like actually purpose to find ways to install this culture in people. For us, I know that's a big thing is we actually, we do a lot of training. We bring people to training days. We bring food and like talk them all through this stuff. And we make sure to emphasize it when we're doing the training. Like it's like, here's how to shoot. Also, here's how to be nice to people. Like not because we don't think they know how to be nice to people, but because we want them to know this is important to us. Mm -hmm. Just as important as you setting this camera up right is also don't grab food in front of guests this way or don't stand on your phone or like just the things that we think are important to looking professional. And it's really allowed us to have like seven, 18 year old kids show up at weddings who people are like, that guy was amazing. 
It's yeah. like he has no idea what he's doing. He's just doing what he's told. <laughs> and <laughs> everybody was like, thinks he's a really nice guy and he's really just doing what we said. And then over a while, they get it. Because mm-hmm. we'll go to them and say, oh, dude, I got so many compliments about you. Great job. And I think that would be the next thing I would say is find encouraging moments in your business. Like build them into your own workflow as a boss. That's another benefit to uh, the client feedback that we found. If we send out surveys for certain shoots and certain weddings and people come back and they say things about specific people, we can just instantly just copy paste that out of the survey and send it to whoever the person is that they're talking about. And it's a lot of, that's a good positive feedback loop. Yeah. If you're a person, if you're a leader of a team and you give, obviously get better moments, but also you're a source of a lot of encouragement. So if a person gets better by being around you, they make money by being around you, and they feel encouraged by being around you, they will stick around a lot longer. Your team will be a lot stronger than if people just see you as a source of income. Like That's like McDonald's, right? Some people like working at McDonald's, but a lot of people like, it's just a job, whatever. I don't want to be just a job. I know that for me. Yeah. We want to be a place that is a family that people love to be around. Yeah, we we have um, we had one guy come in on on Monday who who shot with us for a while and then was like, you know what, I want to move on to some commercial stuff. Um, he still feels like a part of like the Stock Love family. He still wants to be around us, and I don't know. It's just for me, it's just a better way to live life. It's like with other people that you actually care about. That you know. I like to teach people how to do camera stuff, but I also like to teach them how to be successful in life. So even after Stop Go Love, you know, if they're going to move on to another part of life, another part of the country, whatever, they've been able to take something away from Stop Go Love. And that just makes you feel good as a business owner, as a contributor to society. You know, uh, there's reward to that and it makes you feel like, oh yeah, I can make money, but I can also um, get real value out of that. And I think that that's affected my value and, and I, I feel more value out of doing that than even the creative stuff at this point. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Matt, do you have anything you just want to add? <laughs> I want to be clear that um, building out a team is not appropriate for everybody. Yes. Uh, I point. feel like sometimes uh, a team-based, studio-based approach looks like the Holy Grail, um, but there's a lot of personalities out there that, it's not for that particular person and they're going to be a lot happier and uh, feel like they have a lot more success just running a solo act uh, and shooting 20, 30 weddings a year at whatever their price point is and being happy with that. And that's totally, totally cool. Um, There's a lot of other behind the scenes work and stuff that goes on when you try to run a team. There's a lot more overhead. There's a lot more expenses. It's a whole different business dynamic and um, I think you got to make sure that it's right for you before you just go toward it because it seems like there's more action and there's more revenue coming in because there's other, there's other things yeah, going I, on. Yeah, I promise you my paycheck is very similar to a paycheck of a person who runs their own thing. Now, I get the benefits of a studio, but I don't get – there are benefits of the artist model as well. There are. And, 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 and so, we're, you know, obviously we're talking about what we know and what we do, and we chose for the reasons that we have – but you as an artist have to make a decision based on what you want to do. If you are not interested in, like we kind of talked really nuts and bolts today, like finances and culture installation and training and scheduling, if all that stuff sounds like hell to you, (laughs) run away. (laughs) It's not the thing for you. But if you're like, yeah, 
I could do that. And like, you know, I've shot a lot. I'm ready to a new challenge. It might be right for you. And, um, I, and it's a spectrum too. Like yeah. you, you don't have to have five shooters going out, but could you add one, a video product? Could right. you add another photographer? Or just one other shooter. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you exactly. know, you do twice what's, as what's many. Right, what's right for you? What can you manage? What what do you have the, the brain capacity to be able to, to handle? Um, and I don't know. That one of the things I do like about starting a studio is you can try things like yeah just uh, always be experimenting working on your business in different nobody ways nobody has it all figured out either yeah well working on it in different ways than just creatively like working on your model a little bit is it can you expand in certain areas like that's really become like the fun part of the business for me is just like hey i want to try this thing out and it might completely fail we failed on a bunch of different so things. much failure <laughs> so much Tons. failure but it's just like oh man i you know you hear it all the time like Oh, millennials are so afraid of failure that they'll never be successful or whatever. Um, but it's 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 fun. Maybe it's not fun going through the failure, but like you're like, okay, well, I'm, we'll make that decision again. This is another area that's interesting to me. I'm gonna pursue it, and um, yeah. So so it might not be right for you to do one specific thing. Find what's right for you. Yeah, if you're entrepreneurial and and like that's what you're interested in, and you're interested in in like you just love coaching people and you want that to be part of your day-to-day, this is a great fit for you. If you're um, a little more private and you just you want to do your your art and you want to work with clients one-on-one and you would never give that part of it away, um, while I might challenge you a little on that perspective, I also would say it might not be right for you. Like, And I, I do believe, by the way, some artists also have studio managers and that's also right for you. You might be an artist with a studio manager. You might be a studio with a studio manager. You know, you could be a big volume business or a medium volume. And there's a whole range of spectrums of all this stuff. And so, you know, hey, here's the thing. We're here to help. If you are interested and you want to um, learn more about team building, I mean, I can't speak for Matt, but I know we're here to help. Um, I'm here to help too. Um, great. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to like. <laughs> what am I supposed to say to that? No, I'm not. I'm not going to help. It's just, just these guys. Get ready Only for the emails. Them. Email Matt. There's his phone number. Give him my personal everything. Tell address. address. Yeah. Yeah. But um. But like you know, and like that's the thing is like there are people that available to do mentorship and 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 help you. Just re- just be ready. It's not easy, and if you find it to be challenging, it's okay because it is challenging. But it's rewarding. It is very rewarding. Definitely. It's very rewarding. For us, it's a way to go. We love it. So if you're interested in team building, hopefully this was a helpful um, podcast for you. Um, there's a million things we didn't go over. <laughs> I, well, I, I would say, I, you know, we want to know what people want to know about even just running teams or really any aspect of the business. Um, but that's what the comment section is for. Comment. Um you know, feel free to um, reach out on social media as well. And um, and we're here to ask or answer any kind of questions that awesome. people might have. So we want to hear from you. Can I throw my email if they want yeah. to ask? Yeah. It's just uh, matt at blueflashphotography.com if you have anything you want to ask me. I'm yes. happy to help. Yeah, anywhere else that you want people to, to reach you? Yeah, you can uh, connect with us. Instagram is at blueflashphoto. That's probably the best place. Very yep. cool. And they do great work as well as have an awesome team model. So it's not just about the teams. It's it is. I mean, I kind of take the work as a given, I guess. It's like, yeah, you got to have good work, though. Yeah. But it is, I, it's true. You got to have good work. So Matt does great work, and it's not just this throwaway crap. It's like a real 
cinema photo and cinema product and it's like you can't if you're thinking like i could just do crap and get a team <laughs> no yes. we don't believe that we believe you got to do good work and matt does great work but um he's also a great guy so we really appreciate your time thanks yeah. thank you guys thanks guys thank you for listening to the wedding pros podcast and we'll see you next week Thank you.